You are listening to a podcast of ice and fire. Episode number 255 for the week of May 3rd, 2020. Welcome back, listeners, to the longest-running podcast dedicated to the epic glory of George R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire. As always... This is Ashley. This is Amin. And this is Kyle. And today, folks, we got a good one for you. We are going to be finishing the longest-running reread of A Storm of Swords. (laughs) Yes. We tried desperately to get... Yeah, we tried to get the full complement, the full crew on today, but Mimi's out like 500 kids down in Texas, so we're never going to see her again. <laughs> she's in healthcare, I think, so she's busy. Yeah. But we were going to record last week, but Ashley, we we lost you somewhere. Yeah, no, my email was open. I didn't realize my email was not set to the right page. It was like set to the promotions page, so... I would never see that there were new emails coming in. I don't know. I clicked some. <laughs> oh, man. The first thing I did when Gmail started implementing those tabs was I got rid of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like having one inbox, but I guess that's not the case with a lot of people. A lot of people use them. Mm-hmm. Um, but anywho, so Amin and I called it last week. We uh, you know, took an early night, and now we're back to finish up the book. But uh, before we get there, guys, do we have any news? Anything going on in the world of A Song of Ice and Fire? We finished the book before George did. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we still have two more books left, right? So he's still got got another five, six years. (laughs) (laughs) When did we start? Do we know when we started reading? I wanted to check that. I, I suspect it's... Probably at least four years, maybe more than that. Mm. Yeah. All right, Amin's going to find that date, I think. I Mm -hmm. I think he's looking through the archives right now. Well, while we talk about that, Ashley can confirm you're in good health, because some people were worried. Yes. Um, uh, It confirmed that uh, Keith's sister had one of the strains of the flu that was going around, one of the other serious ones, and we think we caught... Um, that and mm. I just got a lesser version than everyone else, but yeah, it was a flu. All right, so that's good to hear. Yeah, still hanging in here, still paranoid to leave the house. <laughs> no, don't let fear run your life. Just be <laughs> be safe, but don't be fearful. <laughs> I've uh, the the cats have taken to it well. I've got one on my lap right now. I don't know if you can hear the purring or not. Yeah, I've been stuck in the house. <laughs> oh, I just playing the, video games. <laughs> I just did the dumbest thing ever, where I put my ear to my microphone, thinking I could hear better. That's come on, Kyle. <laughs> no, that's, not <laughs> how it that's not how it works, Kyle. I found it. We we started Storm of Swords prologue on uh, in, in August 2014. Damn. 2014? Yep. So we hit five and a half years? Yeah, no, we, we actually, that same episode, we, we interviewed David J. Peterson. Uh, oh, yeah, cool. The, the same, we did the prologue and we interviewed him, so there you go. That's uh, Storm of Swords for you. Holy shit, I've never read a book that long in my life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, crazy. So we're going to finish it today. So yeah, I guess there's no uh, real news to talk about right now. Um, George is locked in his bunker right away, probably, maybe. 
I don't think anybody thinks he is, but I do. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, we're going to finish this up today. So we've got two chapters left. We have Sansa uh, something or other. Sansa 7. Sansa 7. And then we have the epilogue. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> what was that, Ashley? That was me finishing off your dentos. <laughs> oh, nice. I thought you said, good. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, all right, so we uh, so we got the Sansa chapter. So Sansa is in the Eerie, um, Elaine Stone, and she is missing home. It's snowing. There's nowhere to go. And this is the, this is the snow castle scene where she goes out into the courtyard and she just starts making this the Winterfell snow castle. And uh, she does that for a while and she's building it and she can't figure out how to make the bridges. And then Peter Baelish, Littlefinger, shows up and he helps her out and they finish building it. And then he kisses her in one of the creepiest moments. Hmm. Um, and then um, uh, Robin shows up. And he gets all mad, and he makes a giant, and then he breaks the castle, and Sansa... Does Sansa punch him? I can't remember. She grabs his the toy, um, and it rips when she grabs it. Oh, okay. She doesn't actually hit him. Okay. No. Sorry. I read this a couple weeks ago. I forgot the partner. Um, well, it's not surprising that you thought he did, since he, he starts crying like, like crazy, right? So. Yes. <laughs> he acts like he got punched. Yeah. <laughs> He got punched in the feels. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so rips the bear. He runs off. And then um, Sansa gets – how does this transaction work? Sansa gets called to uh, – Like the, the throne room, the, I guess. throne room, yeah. That, that works. Um, by the bard. By the bard guy. And then – whose name I can't recall at the moment. And – Yes. Is that Marillion? Marillion, that's it. Marillion. Yes, and um, so it's just Marillion and Lysa and Sansa in this room, and Lysa goes full Lysa on, on, on Sansa here. She goes absolutely crazy, and she's going to shove her out the moon door, and then uh, Littlefinger sneaks in the back entrance, and he kind of calms her down, and then Littlefinger pushes her right out the door with a great line that we'll be sure to talk about in a minute. But um, he just tosses her out, and they and he yells that um, the bard Marillion killed Lysa. That's how it ends. <laughs> Epic so. chapter. Oof, man. So this is a, this is a, this is a wild one. I forgot that that was the last uh, regular point of view chapter. I forgot that it was ended on a Sansa chapter. This book, because mm-hmm. I always expect uh, uh, a Daenerys chapter to end all the books for some reason. I feel like that's how it's been, but. Um, but yeah, so here we are. Let's talk about it. You get a little bit more of a view of what the Eerie is like again. And you see uh, there's a statue that fell over. I was looking that up. That that statue, Braun actually pushed that statue of the Weeping Woman over during the, his duel. Oh. Tyrion's life. So it's kind of like a reference back to that the statue being on the, broken on the ground. That's kind of cool. Nice. The first thing kind of was of interest to me was just how Littlefinger is often not there. He talks about how he was... Always down there talking with the Corbrays. We learn he, he gets at least Lynn Corbray on his side later, and there's like politics going on, basically a little bit about what's going to happen in the Vale politics wise. 
which is cool. This chapter had a very um, quarantine in the eerie feel to yeah, it. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. The way they have to be shut in and everything for the winter. Yeah. She's like, there's nothing to do. They're socially distancing. There's very few guests. Yeah. <laughs> when you hear how little people like Lysa, she's not well liked. A leader that's teetering over the edge. Yeah, she went over the edge, all right. So this whole uh, snow castle thing, like the Winterfell uh, scene, first, like, you know, making the, the castle, but the, the part where Robin uh, comes in and uh, his doll gets ripped, that that's part of, like, the Ghost of High Heart's vision, right? When she's yep. like, she saw a maid the... playing a, a giant. Oh, really? In a castle, I think. Yeah. And it actually, I mean, I was looking, I went back to look at some of the, the other things she said, and it, 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 it's the same maid, because it talks about a maid with serpents like in her hair which is which refers back to the poison being kept in her hair back joffrey's wedding and then the same maid which is sansa does this i think it's kind of funny because this particular incident isn't really much of anything so you could spend all your time you know it's it's one of the weakness of like uh prophetic dreams you could spend all your time trying to interpret what does this mean and it's just like this useless incident in the snow yes but we're not there's also the theory that it's not for sure that yet that it could be yeah, well, um, theory that could there's be, a lot of other could be other things, things like, right? Like yeah. perhaps she helps cause the downfall of Gregor, but also the main one is um, because Littlefinger's sigil used to be the Titan of Bravos. Yes, that it's her defeating Littlefinger eventually. Yeah, you can read all that into it, but but even if it is those things, this still fits it better though, right? Like in terms of direct, what what did she see in her eyes, right? Like I, I think it's doubly, it's kind of saying like don't don't look into every single one. But you can, yet yet we will, right? We'll still yeah. make those theories. Well, Littlefinger himself also refers to like this is this, as the stories say, this isn't the first giant that had his head put on Winterfell's walls. There, mm-hmm. that's kind of cool. <laughs> she feels stronger. So I, I wonder if we'll get more information about the past giants on Winterfell's walls, or if, if that mm-hmm. means anything in the future or not, or means anything in the past. I don't know. There's so much that you know you can read into everything. That's right. I think, I mean, it could just be it's just giving a little bit more backstory, right? Or world building there. It doesn't necessarily mean there's going to be more of them there. But, well, initially, Littlefinger is helpful, right? He's helping to build the castle. They're having a good time. And then he creeps on her and kisses her. Yeah. And, 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 and I, I like the way it says, she says, like, why are you doing this? And then he, he sounds like, and it's like, he sounded almost like Marillion. Because he is, basically. He's just, he's, he's like Marillion, he's abusing his power. But this time, there's no one to, to help her, right? Yep. I mean, he's creeping on her the whole time. Let's be honest. Here. Yeah, yeah. He's he's there playing in the snow with a child, and and then he kisses her. That that is the creepiest. The, the the way it plays out, where it kind of shows her innocence and her youth, and and mm. then it goes to that. Ugh. Yeah, and she's like, you said I could have been, you could have been my father. He's like, well, it might have, but it's not. He's a, he's a creepster, but unfortunately, I mean, Marillion, they, they had sort of lot to protect him from, but there's no one. To protect it from Peter, right? Um, and the, but Lysa did see that. Now it doesn't show that initially. Like Lysa was on the, like up there or like, like on the wall up there looking earlier. But then she obviously saw this and then left. Do you think she saw? It, or do you think somebody told her? It's possible that she got informed. But it, to me, it seemed like she probably saw it and was trying to warp it. What do you think? Yeah, I think she saw it, was enraged, and then left. So she I can't. I can't ended. imagine. I can't imagine her biting her tongue if she saw that happen. But uh, and well, I guess she, she could. She's far away, yeah, though. Like, but uh, but she'd never say anything against Peter. Yeah. Like, she wanted to blame Sansa, so calling uh, it out then would make her have to confront Peter. You're right. Mm-hmm. That's true. Confront Sansa there. That's true. Hmm. 
I remember. I misremembered the snow castle as like she made it really quickly, and mm-hmm. so I was like getting to this point, and I'm like, how's she gonna make this castle so quick? And then like <laughs> I started reading it again, I was like, oh, she took all day making this thing. And it's and it's not small. It's big. She's she's sitting inside of it pretty much. Like it must have been massive. Yeah, yeah. That's what she mentions. She says like within these walls, I feel stronger because she starts confronting Littlefinger about like he didn't take her home and stuff. So. Yeah, because you see all this fan art of her building, like, a little sandcastle. But no, it's like those giant sculptor sandcastles that she's yeah. made. Yeah. She's the giant in Winterfell, right? Oh. Wait, <laughs> that means no. <laughs> I don't want her defeated. I don't know. Well, there's so many little things in here. If you if you just, like, read past them, you're like, okay. But I every once in a while I'm reading a chapter, I then go look them up later. Like, it talks about Lord Hunter. Dying old Lord Hunter. So I went to look him up. And his name was Eon Hunter. And he'd, he'd, he'd reigned for over 60 years. So it's like his name is like a reference to how he, like George put a reference to his length of rule and stuff. Like this little like in, inside joke there. Hmm. So. That's a badass name. Eon Hunter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, more kind of just like flashbacks. Sansa thinks about Arya, how they had a snowball fight and then she slipped on the ice. Arya came back specifically to make sure she was okay before she hit her with snow again. <laughs> So you can see the kind of they still cared about each other back then. Oh. Okay, so that's the kind of the first scene, and then we get to the the main part of the chapter where uh, Merlion summons Sansa to to go to the throne room, as he said, and she's confronted by Lysa. Now, remind me for a second. I get the bards all mixed up. The one in King's Landing, the one here. Merlion is was he the one that went with? Tyrion and Bronn and Catelyn up to the area at the beginning. Hmm, that's a good question. Actually, it, it might be. I don't. I don't. I don't think that's particularly important, though. Like, uh, okay, I'm just uh, trying to. Yeah, in the show, trying to get my uh, in the show. The, in the show, Marillion Bard goes with them there, and then he goes to King's Landing, and and basically, I don't know if he dies there, he loses his tongue. But uh, as for his origin in the books, it's a good question. I was actually I was just looking at him here. Let's see. Yeah, he is. He is at the crossroads. You're correct. Yeah. He was there okay. from the very start, so he's 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 recently got into power here. But that, that's often the way it works with the, the bards, right? They go and find somebody who favors them, right? At a particular right. court. Okay, get them all mixed up. <laughs> I get them all mixed up. Okay, so sorry, I mean I interrupted you. Yes, they're in Lysa's chamber now. Yep, and she confronts her there. And has no thought about the fact that Malarian, whatever his name is, just overhearing everything. Yeah. Well, he's all he's already kind of in like you know she already trusts him to some degree I guess right like mm. he has her her favor. You think she's fucking Marillion? No, I think she's too obsessed with Peter. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Just, had that, just had that thought pop into my head. Okay. I think she she I think Marillion is certainly flirting with her and, and and that's part of the thing like you know like she feels good about the flirting but I don't think she's any going anything further. Oh than yeah, that. it's making her feel desirable. Yeah. Well, she had been crying. See, she was all puffy and red beneath the paint and powder, right? So she'd gone crying after she saw what happened and decided to confront Sansa. So at some point, she probably did realize that it was Peter kissing her. And then she, in her, you know, being upset, she managed to tell herself the story to help herself get over it. And, you know, got herself worked up that way. And it turned into rage. No, that doesn't sound like life. <laughs> then, then that shows how it breaks down later when Peter's like, okay, let's go away. And he's like, no, you can't want her more. He starts to realize it breaks down, right? 
fake idea breaks down and, and the, the truth comes forward again, like what you tried to suppress. Yeah. Yeah. So then, but, but we got a lot of backstory and yeah, big big backstory here with Peter and and Caitlin here in the past, how they were dancing together, and then she rejected him, and then Lysa gave Peter her maiden head, and then Peter yep. called her cat. Means that he thought that he slept with cat. <laughs> yeah. At, at that time, well, first of all, that's like the worst thing to say. <laughs> she says, even so, she stayed with him. But I, later on, I, 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 some, some people think that Peter actually still thinks that. I feel like Peter's got to have realized. Well, he said something to, who was it? Was it Ned? No, it was, he said to somebody that he took both Oh, he says that all the time. But that doesn't mean he didn't realize it. He, he just uh, says half-truths all the time. I think he just twists it and he says that. I think he must have realized like that incident. I think he knew of the kid, too that she became pregnant, that it had to come from that. Unless he slept with her multiple times, I don't think is the case. Huh. I feel like he, he, he tells half-truths and he's lying. Now, if he actually thinks that, that that's kind of an interesting... I mean, a lot of people do think that. I think it's interesting either way, but I think he, he realizes that he just lies because he tells half-truths. Have you ever told a lie so many times that you start to think it's true? <laughs> the, ones, <laughs> the ones that you believe are true? I mean, I can see that <laughs> happening to Peter here, yeah. where he just told himself... True. He just told the lies so many times that he that he believes it now. Yeah, that could be always part of his weak point, right? Sansa also also his weak point. Yeah, and he just he, he's he's able to look at everything very critically and break everything down. But that incident, he remembers that way. Yeah, I kind of believe that he he thought that, or like. Well, he certainly like did that, at the time. That, 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 that's why he's been pushing for a cat so hard because he actually believed there was something there. Hmm. That she had to go because of duty or something, had to leave. Yeah, because it she seemed like he, like the the whole plan was to get Cat originally, like to bringing Ned down was so that he could eventually get to Cat. But he changed that plan later because I guess he realized that she was gone. But he he, but he, he, he held out hope until that point. Well, that in, in the TV show Kat. particularly, because he actually goes and talks with her after. But in the books, he doesn't really try to get in contact with her. Like yeah, he does. She, she, she's in the brothel in the Game of Thrones. I know, no, Ned, but Ned is still alive uh, at that point. Yeah, but he yeah. met her and hmm. so. <laughs> so you think up to that point he was trying to play that he would get her back? I feel he was just trying to get revenge on everyone. Yes, I believe that he still believed he could get it with her if she he got rid of Ned. Hmm. Love it. <laughs> this dude's creepy, man. Although, you know what's funny is during, during this whole... Uh, thing where Lysa's like, oh, if you were anybody else, I would send you away. And Sansa's basically thinking, yes, please send me away. I'd rather be sent, <laughs> send me down to like stay with Miranda Royce or something. That would be a lot better than staying here. He's like, oh, I'll send you down, all right. <laughs> not that not that shortcut. We're going down, down. Nah, 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 nah. Um, <laughs> sorry, do we have to buy license fees on that? <laughs> Probably. Uh yeah, so that just all, all this backstory, just in, in this, you know, talking about what happened before, how John Arian had to marry her for the swords, what, that they were going to send away uh, Robert for fostering, I guess, and she said no to that, which is to Robert's disadvantage. It might have been better for him to get away. Blackfish carried him up to bed. <laughs> yep. So then she's gonna, she's like, oh, here we go. So she's shoving her over near the edge, and then Litterfinger comes in there and tells her. Stop this. And she's like, no, you can't want her. And uh, Tears talks about the tears. Yeah, it was basically a giant exposition dump. I'm just like, really, George? You couldn't kind of make that a little smoother? (laughs) (laughs) 
I think I think well, how else is she gonna is she gonna reveal this? But in an emotional. I don't know. State? It just it just felt yeah. <laughs> really, uh, you know. Then what? Lisa would have been wiser about it. <laughs> I see what you're saying. She covers every single point, right? But yeah, at she... some point, it has to be covered, right? Otherwise, like some of the stuff you wouldn't have known. Like, could could you have known that she's the one that that poisoned John until the admission came out? I guess you could have speculated, but it would have been a long reach. There's always a different way to write things. That's <laughs> what a writer does. But the execution was a little poor here. I, I just feel it. She she was a little, you know. Well, yeah, you're right. George spells out everything. He even gives you the recipe for, for moon tea. It's like you need tansy and mint and wormwood, a spoon of honey, and a drop of penny roll. There you go. <laughs> the exact the re- recipe for moon tea. Right Don't try it at home. So what's he giving the the the, uh, the recipe for a war? Is that what it is here for an up? So what? A recipe for a war? You know what? Maybe that that was his way of fixing the other blend the other bit because like if it's like oh well we can't just have her you know regurgitate all this information unless she just regurgitates all the information hmm. so it just keeps rambling about everything. Yeah. <laughs> so it gets mixed in there. <laughs> it, it, it kind of shows our state of mind that she's just like spitting out information. Mm. Yeah. Tears, tears, tears. She put the tears in John's wine, so she murdered her husband, or Peter. Oh my God, Sansa, you're 13. You should start picking up on some of these things, please. <laughs> well, doesn't she later, or she just doesn't think about it? She never put together the the what the tears in her husband's thing. Mm. Or at least we never see it in her mind, thinking well, about it again. We can still see that come together in her mind. And I hope down, it does. Down the road. Yeah. I really hope it does, because damn it. <laughs> oh, she'll meet some maester who will be like, oh, these these, are, these tears are a type of poison. Oh, wait, tears. Where did I hear that before? Like it, it'll, it'll, it'll come back to her at some point. Well, I mean, Lysa's dead now anyway. But, I mean, the ultimate betrayal, like she betrayed her husband and her family all for Peter. Why would you want to kiss her? <laughs> well, she's been drinking, obviously, I guess, too, right? <laughs> oh, had she? Yeah, he, he smelt the wine on her breath. Oh, my God. Peter Peter swears I shall never leave your side again for as long as we both shall live. So he swears, <laughs> <he> swears true. <laughs> <laughs> a smart guy. Smart fella. <laughs> and then I guess he realizes she's just too chaotic and has said too much and it's going to be too hard to control. She's going to be... You know, jealous and everything, so... He says he's only loved one woman. He's able to think on his feet. Yeah. He tells the truth, and then he says, <laughs> only cat. Do you think he had that line saved up that he'd been dreaming about, just pushing her out the moon door? <laughs> no, I think it, 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 it caused it right. <laughs> she was, he thought on his feet there. And... And Murillian is just so shocked. He's like, what? You. You. Uh, in the next book, tortured and blinded and, and forced into confession. For this, it's just like, well, there's a lot of bad fate for the singers in these books. This one had it coming. This one actually had other crimes that he did. He yeah. had it coming. Oh, run! Let my guards in then. Quick now, there's no time to lose. The singers killed my lady wife. See, that's the thing. I don't think they actually, no, anyone in the Eerie would believe that. That's why you have Merlion tortured into giving that confession later. Mm-hmm. Like, it helps a little bit. That's why they don't just kill him off. But it is, it is a mistake, though. It is a mistake because... Uh, it does. It is used against them. Like people have, have the rumors about that, and without Lysa being alive, he has a little like less ground. And, and I, I, I guess Sansa being um, a witness and corroborating it probably helps because she's seen as so innocent and mm. 
trustworthy so yeah. far. They all hate the singer, too, so... Yeah. It's not like it's going to take that much convincing to get his yeah. ass out of there. And they kind of hate Lisa as well. And, you know, Robert's well, they still do. alive. It's, it's talked about here. It's like, you almost think, like, well, why didn't they rebel earlier? Like, the Royces were really close to rebelling if they had and, and helped Rob. That would have made all the difference. Like, Rob specifically mentions those knights would have made all the difference, and yet they didn't. It's like, you almost wish that they had... I mean, Lysa doesn't really have any authority. All her authority is just that she married John, and they respected that. But well, isn't that most authority in this uh, this land? Well, no, but the, the, the authority her authority it, comes from being the mother of their lord. Yes, that that's true. But if, so I guess that's why they try to get Robin later into, into their grasp. But I mean, if the Royces are very, the Royces just left with an army, they could have done so. I think. I think the maybe it's the Blackfish's mistake for not trying to maybe work with the Royces and. and just not follow Lysa. Like, she's not making sense here. I mean, I guess you could spin it and try to say she's just trying to keep them out of the war to reserve their swords or whatever, but their allies are out there fighting. Like, these are the people they fought with in the previous rebellion, and they're doing nothing. Mm. Like, you, you, you'd think they would have done it, but I mean, then, then that would have been a completely different story. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, it would. All right. Anything else left to talk about in this chapter? Nope, other than Lysa talks about. She's like, she wants to, well, we, we keep a whipping boy for Robert, as is the custom in the free cities. So it's, it's, instead of punishing the noble child, they, they beat up the friend, of, like the, you know, the slave that's the friend of the child to make them feel bad. I think they do that with Tommen as well. I miss that yeah. part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's that almost sounds like, terrible. It, hey, you got a job? Yeah, I got a job. What's your job? I'm the whipping boy. <laughs> well, it's, it's not, they don't have a choice, really. They're, they're forced into it. Although, in reality, they, they, sh- they shouldn't have slaves. So, so the, it's showing that they, they kind of dabble into slavery here. Like, what do you mean, like, they keep a whipping? Like, yeah, this, this whipping boy didn't decide that to be his job. I don't think he came and said, yes, I'll be the whipping boy. I don't I think, think he's a slave. So uh, usually, in the past, like, uh, whipping boys are usually, you know, not treated badly. As yeah. a, like, it's, a, yeah. it's an actual job for them, and they're, you, think you know, they pay them and... or something? I mean, I guess they give well, them food, food and Well, like, like a servant is. I mean, they actually are treated well in the sense that the They're usually boys, also it, allowed to be playmates with the yeah. children, so that it actually has an impact yeah, on them. Yeah, that's the whole point. They're supposed to. The children will like them, therefore the children will feel bad if they get hurt, right? So then they won't act yeah. up. They, they're supposed to like, and, and Tommen does, right? Tommen feels bad. I think. I think Tommen has a whipping boy, if I remember correctly. And and they're like, should I send for the whipping? He's like, no, 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 don't do that. Like he doesn't want the kid to be hurt, right? Oh, I missed all the <laughs> I missed all the whipping boy references. That makes me sad. I was a whipping boy when I was growing well, up. Go. Pate, uh, Pate is a whipping boy in service to House Baratheon. He is a whipping boy for Tommen the First and former whipping boy for Joffrey the First. Oh God! Dear Lord, that poor kid. I had forgotten about. I'm reading about Pate the whipping boy. However, when Tommen stood up to his mother, Cersei had Boris Blunt of the Kingsguard force Tommen to whip Pate himself. Cersei's horrible. So, the epilogue. Okay, here we go. Um, Final chapter of the book. Uh, We are on the roads up to Oldstone. We have uh, Merritt. Merritt, who is a... um, the hell's his last name? Why am I drawing a blank here? Frey. Frey, thank you. Frey. I could not think of Frey. I was like like Merritt Crossing. Um, So, so we are on the roads up to Oldstone. Merritt Frey. His sibling... I have forgotten all the finer details. He, one, one of them has been kidnapped by the Brotherhood without banners. His nephew, and he, I think, is, yeah. is being ransomed. So Merritt has, uh, has thrown himself into the ring to go pay the ransom to get um, this kidnapped Frey back. 
And he's thinking about the Red Wedding and how much fun it was. And, no. <laughs> he's thinking about how uh, um, how he's had such a bad lot in life. He got hit in the head, an attorney, and he, he gets uh, headaches now, and he can't really do much. Nobody really likes him, so he's trying to prove himself by doing something worthwhile. And he just, he's had a bad go at it. Um, he's talking about how he's supposed to get um, um, somebody drunk at the Red Wedding. So... They would take him out, but he, he failed in that. He didn't get the guy drunk enough, blah, 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 bad stuff. Anyway, he makes it to Old Stone. He bumps into the – well, he, he, he reaches the Brotherhood, and uh, they re- they don't really care. They they throw a noose around his neck, and they hang him up along with the fray that was supposed to be ransoming. But really, they already killed him already, too, by hanging. And we find out that um, Lady Stoneheart is a character in this book, Catelyn uh, – left for dead she's put in the river she decomposed a bit and then uh did we learn in this chapter or did we learn later i can't remember but beric basically uh gave up his life and brought her back and um she's uh she's running the brotherhood now it's it, it appears so that's this chapter yeah we don't we don't know that beric's gone until later he just refers that he's not there okay. um but otherwise yeah that's i mean it's, it's merit's uh, sob story most of the chapter, him ref- reflecting on his life. Oh, uh, are we supposed to feel bad for him? Because the entire no. time I'm like, piece no. of shit. No, you're not, you're not supposed <laughs> to. It's just showing every, most characters, most people don't think, in their own story, don't think that they're the bad guy, right? He just, he yes. just he, he, He's just complaining about his life and how it sucks and he has a sob story. Now, we already have one other perspective on his life. Like, Jamie remembers that, that Merritt was a bully back in the day. From Jamie's perspective, that Merritt was a big bully and he stood up to him. Um, and I think he, he, his head got hit, I think, in a fight. I'm not sure if it was a tournament. I think it was with the, the outlaws. Like, he got his butt burned by the, the white fawn. He's, like, branded on his butt and all this okay. stuff. And uh, so, yeah, I don't feel sorry for him, but it, he feels far sorry for himself, right? And he goes yeah. through his life. And, and then, oh, his, his daughter is Gatehouse Amy, I think, right? He's referring to Oh, him. really? Yeah. Man. All I know is I had to eat some cheese with this wine when I was reading this chapter. <laughs> Oh yeah, God. so he's he, but he gives a little bit of background on what's going on with the phrase and and the, the kind of the power struggles there. But he thinks that, and he, he during the red wedding, his job was to get the the great John drunk. Great and, John, yeah. that's it. And he failed at that. Like he 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 he, he drank well, enough for, to kill three men, but that, that's not his fault. Yeah, well, to his credit, yeah. he 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 got yeah. him to drink a lot. Yes, the great John just has a great drinking capacity, so he's able to <laughs> to take it. But and he's blamed for that anyway. Yep. Uh, his daughter Amy was caught with the stables with three grooms. Got married to oh. head tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that description when they're like, and then I had to bring her back to the to the castle. Yeah, much to my dismay, but every single stable boy's glee or whatever. I was like, yeah. oh my god, he's a character. Yeah. <laughs> Not sad to see him go. Sad. Yeah, unapologetically this- say. This chapter made me really realize that I have no idea what the Frey hierarchy is. Like yeah. the, the that, disassociation. You know, I can't figure it out. That it kind of, you know, like that Walter Frey really did, you know, really gives a damn about his family and how he brought up his son to actually really care about his family and that blood is blood and mm. all that stuff. And But then his son's son did not do such a great job. Yeah. And his son's like 70 years old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like Barry, Barry Manilow. Uh, if you don't know that reference, Barry Manilow has a lot of children. 
<laughs> and it, it, he's just like the phrase, his oldest kid is like 60 something and his youngest <laughs> is like 12 or something like that. It's crazy. Hmm. Well, the Brotherhood here ask about Sandra Clegane. They ask about uh, like a little boy or girl that was with her. So they, they, I mean, they, they obviously, I mean, they knew they had Arya before, and so so does Stoneheart. Then Stoneheart knows that Arya was alive. So that's kind of interesting to review that. Wait, Arya knows that Stoneheart is alive? No, no, the other way around. Stoneheart knows that Arya is alive, right? So like she thought. But all they're the actively were... looking for. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I guess I never even put that together. Okay. She thought all her children were dead when she died. So that kind of uh, that's maybe a driving force for her now. Although she's, I mean, that's for... that's got to be the driving. Well, I mean, yeah. revenge. But like, I feel like if they had brought her back and not told her that her daughter was alive, she would have been like, "Why the fuck?" Well, I think the thing she's, her, and it calls her like she's brittle. Her hair is as brittle as the crone. She's gone from being the mother, like she's such a mother in the, in the books, right? She's like the symbol of the mother. Now she's the crone and and a stranger really now. So she's just changed her roles. Yeah, and, and it's purely revenge, but but it is interesting to think about. Well, there is a actually there is still a bit of a family there. She's still concerned about Arya, like she want, and she wants Arya back. She knows Arya's alive because of, she's been told of that. Mm. So that that's fascinating, and and like I, I really want to see what happens with with this character. Like uh, this is really interesting what she's become now. You know. So they're looking for Sandor, right? Yep, they specifically that- asked for that. And that's because Sandor was last seen with Arya. Yeah, he ran away with Arya. Okay. So they're still. So they don't really gold. care about him so much. It's more just that he's the lead to find Arya. Well, they're just going to get this gold, right? They they just ask for the ransom to get some gold, and uh, kill whoever comes there. And they ask about the Red Wedding, and they determined that they they, they weren't at the Red Wedding, which makes sense. No. They weren't there. They didn't see them. Um, and then they they kill him here. Uh, then so like Merritt is funny because he starts like blustering and threatening them and then they don't care and and, and, and then they make they make a good point and then they point to kind of Pate and say well he can't hang us twice like they're already they're already all going to be killed anyway right they have nothing to lose that's why the outlaws are really dangerous they have nothing to lose so they don't care if they kill him they're going to be killed anyway so yep. they're they're just back in the corner now and don't follow the regular rules I love the Brotherhood man they they they're cool I dig them. <laughs> They're getting darker though with with uh, like Stoneheart there. I think I think they kind of split up actually into two groups. That's what's suggested in Feast for Crows appendix that they're kind of listed separately. So they have like two different groups. Really? Yeah. Oh. But Lem Lemon Cloak is on the dark side. He's a dark lemon. Yes. <laughs> He's a rotten lemon. <laughs> oh, cool, cool, cool. Yep. So they hang him, and uh... oh god. I like the you. You said that you you tell them to let me go. All right, let them go. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Such an epic. I mean, when you first read this book, after all of this, all the, you have like the red wedding, all that, and the last few chapters just just are shocking. You think you've been already mm-hmm. shocked enough, and Stoneheart's still alive. Like, well, Caitlin, and Stoneheart, not Caitlin. It's not it's not her anymore. She's a different character now. I I gotta say. Um... She wasn't in the show. I don't think that's a spoiler or anything. No. But like the <laughs> fact that the fact that she wasn't in the show makes me, I think, more interested in her character now than I was before. Where I'm just like, I have no idea what they're gonna do with this character. Hmm. Excites me. Excites me. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, it's like I'm trying to think. It's like, like we know it's probably not gonna have something to do with the two biggest conflicts, you know, like the White Walkers and Cersei. But it's gonna probably play havoc in everything in the middle, right? Yeah. Well, like, I mean, we know from the next book or two that Brienne and Jamie um, get mixed up with her. Yeah. yeah. Exactly, and then yeah. Jamie's been missing. So yeah. I think she has, she has a lot of impacts here potentially. Yeah. And how she affects what's going on. So. Oh man. She's the prince that was promised. <laughs> no, I think. Well, I mean, if she, uh, the question is really, is she, is she going to meet any of her children again, or not? And then, and, and is that going to, is she going to be then kind of like? I, I kind of don't point? want any of your kids. I feel like that yeah. would be so traumatic. Be so scared to see this, right? Well, maybe that's the thing that pushes her over the edge, or she, she, she stops like. She yeah. gives up on life. She seems to, she's not in a good state right now. She's not enjoyable to be alive right now. She's but must be. I, I suspect she's in constant pain or something. Yeah. She's on the edge of death. Maybe. And is Thoros dead too? Uh, like, no, Thoros no, is alive he's with the good group. Yeah, he's okay. with the good group. I don't know if they they necessarily split, split right away. They do split in that group. Beric is, is dead because he he gave up his life for her, but it's not. Yeah. you don't get that so, in this chapter. You don't know that. So so, why do we think they split? Like Thoros was like, "This isn't good. We, we're not going to follow you." They just start, she right? starts hanging like she starts hanging people right and left. Like that. I mean, they want to ha- okay. hang like um, Sir Sir Hyle, right? Is it Sir Hyle? Sir Hyle Hunt. Like he, he they just hang yeah. everybody. So then, so it uh, seems like Thoros yeah. and Thoros kind of took command of a, a, a the good group, and they splintered away. Yeah, and, and then Lady Stoneheart and most of the Brotherhood that we know. Are the bad ones now? Yeah. Well, yes. and, and that's that's like you might label them good and bad. I wouldn't necessarily I, I, like. There's probably plenty of good people. And it's not that right. simple, right? But the ones right. that are maybe trying more to follow the Beric ideal are with Thoros. Okay. I think, and, and that's not explicitly listed. It's just they just listed separately in the appendix. But it, that being said, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the way it went, right? It kind of makes sense. We do saw so little of them. They just so so. Scantily yeah. seen in those the next two books, like we, we want to see more, see what's going on. Yeah, I bet there's some sort of story. Uh, some uh, there's definitely some more story about like what happened in that moment. Yeah, or in the days that followed. Um, cool, 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 cool. Interesting. So, Storm of Swords. There we go. I think most people would say this is uh, this maybe this is arguably the best book in the series yeah, so far, so. right? I'd say that. <laughs> My favorite was number two, but I mean, like, they're both very, like, close, close to each other on par, I'd say. Hmm. Uh, it's all downhill from here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get to that when we do our reread and, you know, have a fresh look at it and see. Uh, I think we're going to realize. That, uh, they, they get better over time. Yeah. Well, I freaking loved them, so I'm looking forward to doing <laughs> a feast dance or whatever the hell it's called. Yeah, um, we're going to do that. Yeah. Time. So any final thoughts on the book as a whole? I know we, you know, it's been five and a half years since we started it, so we don't remember everything, but um, this um, was a good one, man. This was a good one. Favorite moment? Moment that, that sticks in your memory the best in this? Well, too so, many, but I've always said one of my favorite scenes was that one from a few episodes ago when they were in the, the tavern fight with Arya and the Hound. Mm-hmm. That oh, nice. Fight. That's one of my favorites for sure. Uh, but I'll say for the book itself, uh, as each year goes by, the more and more you see that this book should have won uh, Hugo. It should have. It should have beat Harry Potter. Like this, this book should have. Been but Harry Potter won a Hugo. 
Yeah. For which one? Uh, I don't know. Does it matter? Like, it... <laughs> well, number three was really good, but yeah. it was whichever one that was out, out in two thousand two thousand one. But uh... oh, really? It beat this and that were up against each yeah, other. And George always says that he's always like J.K. Rowling stole my Hugo. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't agree that Harry Potter should have ever beat Storm of Swords. Yeah, I mean, Harry Potter's Whoa. good. I'm not saying hot topic. Not good. I'm just saying hot, Storm hot, of Swords in terms of hot quality take. Of the book. Hot Harry, take. Harry, Harry Potter had an opportunity. To, like, there's so many books they could have given in another year, right? I'm just saying that we, the further you get, the long from 2000 to 2001, you look back, the more and more it's like, no, this book should have been the one that got the thing. Yeah, about Harry Potter, it's it's the series as a whole. There is not a, a standalone book that is just phenomenal, right? Like it's it's the story as a whole that's good. So yeah, I, I agree with you. As the Harry Potter nerd who has a disagree, let us know. We'd like to hear that. <laughs> Shakespeare and Love yeah. should have never beat Saving Private Ryan for Best Picture. <laughs> we, we need like retro awards where we go back 20 years later and be like, this is the one that should have awarded. He gets the retro Hugo oh, <laughs> <laughs> or retro Oscar. <laughs> oh, man. You don't, you don't take away the, the one that they, they got there. You just get a different award called the retro award. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I will always remember that my two scenes that stick out to me are um, the ending of the Red Viper mountain fight mm. and um, climbing the wall. I don't know. Something about that scene. Just it's so vivid in my head. I, I love it. I love that scene. Cool, cool, cool. What about you, Ashley? Uh, there's so many. I can't pick a scene, really. There's. I like all the Sansa stuff. I really like this last chapter. I, I like it when she first goes to the Eerie. Um, and I I might be thinking of actually uh, the Feast for Crows for some of her scenes right now. Um, nice. Anyway, yeah, I, can't, I can't pick one. I, I was, you know, I, I was more invested in, in the Crown of Kings. Storm of Stars was just a good story overall, but I don't think I got like super into any one particular storyline. Ooh, okay. If that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. All right. And so uh, there we are, good folks. Um, moving on from that. So what's our plan now? Fe- a feast? A feast of dancing dragons? <laughs> I think we lost a mean. Sorry, yeah, I was gone. losing connection here and back. Oh, sorry. Um, So our plans going forward, uh, we are going to, uh, from what I understand, it seems like we are agreed that we're going to do feast and dance at the same time. Yep, we're going to do those those two, like uh, feast, dance, whatever. All right, do we have uh, the official reading chapter list? Have we decided? Yeah, I I, I mean, if you're willing to to do what I think is good. Oh, we're yeah. following a means lead. All right. Yeah. Well, well, let's, well, let's do feast dance, which is what uh, a lot of the fans initially started. I know there's some other forums. Some of them actually even changed the text. And I realized, no, I don't want to actually no, change no. Martin's writings. We're just going to use what's there and just paste it together. So, oh. feast dance it is. Ashley, that sound good to you? <clears throat> yeah. No, I'm not interested because I haven't done a reread of them combined before. Yeah, I've only read a Dance of Dragons once, so I'm very excited to. Uh, uh, I think I've only read a Feast for Crows once. I've read Dance twice at least. But oh, okay. Yeah. What moments are you looking forward to in this? I really, uh, I'm looking forward to the description of the sunken city that they go through in a dance. I remember really loving that with like the tops of the buildings and stuff and poking out of the water. I'm looking forward to getting back to that. 
Yeah, I like the the, the the northern politics in Dance of Dragons, but it'll be really interesting to see how the timelines in Feast for Crows and Dance of Dragons like overlap. It's going to be interesting to see if, like the way it should have been. It should be one book. I think he wanted to do it as one book, so I want to see how they overlap. Nice. Anything for you, Ash? No. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I've got World of Warcraft to get back to, guys. Let's get going. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that about sums it up. Uh, thank you so much for joining us as we finish. We finally, after almost five and a half years, we finished up reading A Storm of Swords. Thank you guys for listening to this episode. Uh, we'll be back soon. We're going to start. Um, I don't know if Amin's going to post the list or we'll just talk about which one we're doing as we record the episodes. But make sure you follow us on Twitter and Facebook at A-P-O-I-A-F. Wow. There we are. Join the forums, join the discussions, and we'll see you next time. See you next time. Right. Thanks, guys. Awesome. awesome. Very cool. Thank you guys so much. Uh, stay healthy. Stay well. Stay inside. Don't get killed by bees. Murder hornet. <laughs> what? Watching too much news over there. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Well, have a good night, and I'll talk to you later. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks. Bye. Right. Here. Hey Ashley, what's happening? I'm all right. How are you guys? Good. Doing all right. What's new and exciting? Um, still at home. <laughs> still alive. Yeah. Ashley survived COVID. You had COVID or um, just some cold? You don't know. I think just had the flu. That's mm. it. Yeah. How's the how's the raid going? I uh, just finished it. That's why I'm late. <laughs> and <laughs> nice. <just> had <laughs> All right. All right. What is it, World of Warcraft? Yep. Okay. I'm a nerd. I have, I have not played War- Although I'm trying to get a group together to play Divinity, Original Sin <laughs> 2. Um, and I can't seem to do that. <laughs> well, if you can't find a group now, you're never going to. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs>